On this week's Patriot Nation podcast, we are talking about the Nick Casario situation going on uh, between the Patriots and the Texans. Interesting, uh, interesting discussion there. And uh, we are also talking about Josh Gordon as well, whether he'll be back. He's obviously been practicing with Brady. So uh, we get a three-minute drill for you all, as always. And uh, we are going to talk a little bit about Spags' graduation party. So that should be interesting. It's a heck of a ride. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. Intercepted. Intercepted. Friday night, last Friday night was your last Saturday night was your uh, graduation party. I was there. It was a uh, it, it was an experience. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it was a blast. It was good to see you. Um, thankfully, remembered most of the night, but that was a good time, man. You had a blast. You met the family. It hung with the parents a little bit, then hung with us. It was a good time. You had yeah. a little throwback to college days, I think. Oh man, yeah, you have a great, beautiful family, great girlfriend. It's a lot of and a lot of great friends too, and so that was. Thank you. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good time. I'm glad you could make it. It was. It was a blast, man. I had a friend high the whole night. Oh, it was great, dude. I'll tell you what. I uh, I got a shout out, Mary Kate. Me and Mary Kate were the sober ones there. We we're chatting. And at one point, and I'm like kind of hanging, and everyone's like kind of, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Like, I'm kind of hanging with the college kids, well, you know, graduated college kids, but, you know, early 20s. And then at one point, we're in your driveway. One of the girls was on rollerblades playing hockey with a crushed-up beer can. Four of your buddies were in their boat shoes and flip-flops playing two-on-two pickup basketball with the low rim, so they're dunking on each other. Then two of your other buddies – are playing with the crushed up beer cans and they're just doing the face-offs in the dot. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not in my, my early twenties anymore. Like, wow. <laughs> it was, uh, it was something else, man. Oh, it was that was great. a good time. My, my buddy, my buddy sitting next to me right now. That was actually his girlfriend. He's laughing right now. So that was a um, good time. It was, it was definitely a night to remember. I remembered most yeah. of it. So that that's always a plus. You texted me the great. next day, asked how I was feeling. I was feeling good. Surprisingly. Yeah. No, it was, it was a blast, it was, uh, man. I was so pumped you made it. It was a good time. That was nice. Always good to it was good to hang. And again, as I said to people there, like it was only the second time we've actually hung out. So uh we'll have to do it. Have to do I it. Know. Time, you know? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so all right, let's get into let's get into the Patriots stuff. We're gonna get into uh Nick Casario first. That's the big story. And you know, there's a whole thing going on with Casario. Obviously, there was a tampering charges with Houston. And, you know, Look, I, I think first of all, well, there's there's levels to this, right? There's the you know there's the whole Jack Easterby thing, there's the Casario thing, and then there's the whole Ben Volan thing on top of that, which is just like it adds to the layers of what's going on. And uh, I, I, let's just talk about Volan first because he's just such a turd. Like for this guy to come out and such say the report, it's just it, it's disgusting. 
He just he says it's a report, and then he comes out and says, "Oh yeah, you know that's what they're that's what they're doing." But then you know, then he's like, "Oh no, it wasn't a report; it's just an opinion." It's so annoying. It it was too, and like, no one no one knows. And the Patriots do a great job keeping things in house, obviously. And it just it's just another one of those stories, man. Like, there's always one that comes out once in off season or once during the season. It's 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 all it's all bullshit. And you know, you know they'll they'll be back in the AFC title game and. Everyone will forget about this in a couple of weeks. You know, as long as he's there, I, I don't, I don't stress. I know his deal's up in 2020. Uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll worry about that when it comes. But yeah, strange, strange week, definitely. Yeah, you know what? And look, here's the thing for me, right? I wrote an article about it as well, and I said, you know, an upset Nick. I think the title was like an upset Nick Casario could spell trouble for the Patriots. I, I think was my article. But again, that was strictly opinion. It was, it was opinion from the beginning. You know, don't don't say it's a report like you've talked to sources and sources are saying this. No, you haven't. You're just making things up as you go, which is fine. I think there's a legitimate case to be made where Casario could be upset. And maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. But we're sure as hell not going to talk to Nick Casario about it. That's for sure. And so maybe you hear some people say something or not. I don't know. But, you know, to to, you know, to say that that's a fact that he's actually upset is stupid. Now, look, he has a ton of, you know, a ton of power within the Patriots. He's in Josh McDaniel's headset on game days. He's, you know, looking at the roster. He's looking at, you know, the draft board. He, so he's doing all of these things. So he's an extremely vital part to the Patriots system. And that's true. And if he's upset, that's not a good thing for the Patriots. But you can't just go around saying, oh, I know he's upset. No, you don't. You have no idea if he's upset. Who knows if he wants to leave or not. He obviously knew that, you know, that that, um, that clause was in his was in his contract. Whether he wants to leave or not is up for debate. But again, he's done at the end of the year, so maybe he leaves, maybe he doesn't. But it's just to say something's a fact when it's not is just is irresponsible. And really, as a reporter, it just makes you look like an absolute jamoke. And you know, other people were coming out and criticizing him, and they were getting you know people were chastising them for it was just like it was so dumb. And it was just to come out and say that was just so stupid. And it was just like that you know, kind of, I think added fuel to the fire where it's like, you know, you know how it is. Like it's once like, uh, uh, Tomasi, the curly head one over there says something about the Patriots taping a walkthrough. Now all of a sudden it's, it's fact that the Patriots did walk through. Well, it's like this idiot Volan comes out and says that he has sources saying, cause is upset. Well, now people are running with it. PFT live is saying, well, you know, uh, you know, whether it's a report or not, I think he's on the right track. It's true. And it's like, well, no, not really. You haven't talked to anyone either. It's just all opinion about whether he's whether it's right or not. It's just it's ridiculous. Well, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And obviously something happened at the ring ceremony that we know a little bit about, you know, him and Esther B or Easter B, whatever however you say it, we're talking, right? They were talking and you know, uh, you know, kind of off to the side a little bit, as far as I know. I could be wrong on that report, but that that's kind of what I read on. And I mean, you know. Are they catching up talking? Probably, but I mean, I maybe he's he's shooting in his ear a little bit to come. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Nick Casario would be the second best GM in all of football, realistically. You know, I, I know he basically is the GM of the Patriots, um, but I mean, he he oversees everything and and all those picks and all those guys they got is a credit to him. You know, like him and Bill are are very good. Um, I definitely think. He, he probably wants his own team. He wants to be the one calling the shots, getting the last say, and, and you know, like I said, have his own team. 
But to say he's upset and he wants out is ridiculous. Like, you don't know that. You know, right. he could have been, yeah, I want the, you know, it's a, it's a good opportunity there, whatever. You know, I definitely could get the job, but I like where I'm at. Like, it, it, but, but I think that, it, you know, something's definitely there and something might be going on. But like I said, it's, it, it's not a report. It's an opinion. You know, like everything comes out and people just feed off each other's reports. And you know how words get twisted in the media. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will be interesting to see when his contract's up at the end of 2020 if he does, in fact, leave. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to have to throw big money at him. And they're going to have to put that in his contract where he can't leave because a lot of teams, if they, if they, you know, quote unquote free agency, I guess you could say, if they don't resign him, he's gone. I think he's gone. But I mean, we won't know until next year. He's under contract here. He can't leave. It's fine. But I right. do think it's a little interesting to, that the Patriots would file temp, tampering uh, charges on the Texans if there wasn't anything there. That's where it's a little shady for me. But like I said, I, I mean, it's just, people reading into things too, too much. Right. No, and that's, I, I think that, I think the message that they wanted to send to the Texans was this guy's off limits. He's not, he cannot interview with any other team. So don't even ask about an interview. And I think that they knew that. And I, I really, what I think. And, well, the you know, thing is, is too, they interviewed Bill O'Brien and he was slurring his words about it. Remember? You right. know, I don't know if he caught that quit that clip, but like, you know, like I said, something's obviously there. And especially with, SRB being at the ring ceremony and them getting caught, you know, kind of, or, you know, reported, I guess I could say, you know, talking kind of off to the side. I, I mean, he's probably in his ear telling him to come, you know, well, I think it was that's... weird. Their GM yeah. got fired, what, the night before or the night after that or something like that? Yeah, that's strange timing. I Gaines, agree. Gaines got canned the next day, so. Yeah. Well, I think that that's one of the things, um, you know, an actual piece of reporting by Greg Bedard, and and I actually I saw it uh, through friend of the show Jerry Thornton. Uh, he posted on on uh, he wrote a blog about it about how you know the Patriots are pissed at at Easterby and, and they should be and you know that they're upset that he would now try to go and recruit Casario to come, especially when you know Casario you know is under contract and they know he's under contract, but for him to try to poach, they were extremely upset at him, uh, and it you know. It is an interesting – Easterby is an interesting case because here's a guy who was, you know, a pastor for the Patriots but now is trying to move up and, like, be a GM basically. And it's really kind of strange. He's gotten a lot more power with Houston. He wanted more power, which is why he left the Patriots uh, this offseason. And so it's just kind of – you know, it, it's an interesting situation with Easterby, and I know the Patriots are pissed at him. Again, that's reporting uh, directly from uh, – that's reporting directly from uh, from Bedard or he says he has sources. So I believe Bedard when he says that, that they're pissed at Easterby, and, and rightfully so, they should be, um, about the Casera situation. But Easterby is an, is, an interesting, uh, is an interesting cat, and I think it's a little shady what he's doing. Absolutely. And, and I mean, whether he has sources or not, it's, it's evident that they're pissed at him because that all those chain of events don't happen for no reason. Like I said, they're caught at the ring ceremony talking, chit-chatting off to the side. Next day, the GM gets canned, and what, Monday or Tuesday? You know, that, that was like Thursday, Friday. Monday, Tuesday, the Patriots filed tampering charges. It could have been even Saturday. So, like, something something went on. You know, whether right. that means Casario wants out is completely, you know, blown out of proportion. He could have said to him, for all we know, hey, the GM job's open, we'd love to have you, and Casario could have said, no, I'm all set. We have no idea. 
we have no right. idea. And we'll never, we probably won't ever know because they keep it yeah. in, in house. They do such a good job at that. And, you know, kind of off topic a little bit, but, um, but the whole Kyrie thing today at 98.5, I'm sure you saw that. They're, you know, saying that he might have called in under himself uh, as Mikey yeah. from Waltham to pump his own tires. <laughs> the fact that the Patriots have done such a good job mm-hmm. in Boston where the media is so, so tough and, and has, you know, so many ins and outs to the organizations, the fact that they've kept a lot of their stuff and their secrets and everything they do in-house for this long is insane, especially in this town. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the, that's why the report last year was such a bombshell, you know, where, uh, you know, where they were pissed at each other. There was some things going on. And whether it was true or not, like nothing like that has ever come out about the Patriots, which is crazy to think that there's no been no issues. Of course, there's been issues, but they deal with it in-house and, and you know, they don't they don't blab to the media. And so I think that that's really an interesting um, an interesting case there. And so I, I agree with you. One of the things that I learned about the through the Casario situation, and it's probably something that I knew, but I'd kind of forgotten about, but they have a lot less staff members than really anybody else, um, you know, in the NFL. They have because like they all do. They all do everything. Just, they all do everything right. in there. <laughs> Belichick's got like nine titles right now. Right, which is crazy. And, and look, it's a good thing for us because the people that are there know what they're doing, and so it's almost like less cooks in the kitchen, kind of like they have their own way. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, they're doing this stuff, but it's like it's a lot of work, dude. They're, it's like they're doing more work than everybody else. And I think that that can be something that can definitely be a challenge for you that can weigh on you after a few years because it's like, you know, guys that have been there and a lot of them have been there for forever. And so it's like maybe they don't know any better. Maybe that's all they know. But like they've got to talk to their friends outside and their friends are like, hey, I'm doing, you know, half the work that you're doing or a third of the work that you're doing. And you're doing all this work. Now, of course, it's a benefit when, you know, you win the Super Bowl every year. You're in the Super Bowl every year and you're getting bonuses for making the postseason and all this other stuff. But like if that eventually dries up, like that's something where, you know, this isn't going to be an exciting place to be if it isn't for the winning. And I think that that's something that can be dangerous moving forward after the Brady era, after the Belichick era, are we going to see a lot of those staff members who are obviously great and have been with the team forever? Are we going to see a lot of them want to move on? Or are we going to see other people come in to kind of to, you know, to help lighten the load for some of them? I, I don't know what the, what the answer is there, but like, it's just something you don't think about because you don't think about those staff members that are, you know, Monty Austin Ford is the guy right below Casario. And then there's a bunch of guys below him. And then you get the pro scouting staff on the other side and, and all those guys. And so it's like, you know, do you know, like, we don't know a lot of their names, but they do so much for the team. And it's like, are they going to move on? And now how does that affect the Patriots moving forward? after the Brady era is over. And so that's, of course, that's, we don't know the answer to that, but it's just, it's interesting to think about because the draw obviously here is you win. So of course you'll do more work because we're winning every year, but if we're not, then where's that going to lead us? Exactly. And I mean, that's something obviously we don't want to think about, but it is, that's a good point to bring up. Like when this is all said and done and whenever it hopefully it goes on for as long as it, you know, wants to last, but when all this is said and done, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who stays, who goes, and how, you know, how things are, are different and everything else. I mean, I mean, Nick Casario is, you know, he, he deserves just as much credit 
you know, not as Bill, but you, you know, right. up, of the guys up there, high up that are up in the in the booth and kind of behind closed doors. Nick Casario deserves a lot of credit for what he's done. I mean, he's one of those hidden gems of this dynasty. Him and Ernie Adams, and like you said, I'm sure there's a lot of other guys that we've never even heard of that have monster monster roles that do so much for the team that we don't even know who they are. Right. No, I agree 100. percent So that's that's something to think about. Obviously, that's way in the future. Well, hopefully, way in the future. But that's just something to kind of keep in the back of your head. Um, all right, let's get away from the Casario situation. I do want to talk about Josh Gordon for a minute. We did see Gordon um, working out with Brady. Brady had a little Instagram post about it. Um, I thought that was interesting, to say the least. Um, Absolutely. I mean, it, it, sorry, I didn't mean to cut up there, but he. Um, I mean, Brady don't work out with with uh, you know no shows. I mean, it's you know. The the past five six years when he's gone off to that ranch in Montana or wherever wherever they go it was Amendola and Edelman and I mean you didn't really see much Gronk but you know and obviously this year he was with Edelman and Harry you know now Gordon is with him so I mean, he's not going to be out there throwing at people that he's not going to be thro- that he doesn't think he's going to be throwing to if you catch my drift I mean we right. might know something and we might get him back. I, I, I would say maybe like week six, seven. I don't know how the reinstate process goes and how, you know, what his, you know, penalties look like, but it's definitely promising for the Patriots that Patriots fans and the people that want him back because he wouldn't be out there with Brady for nothing. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. And I will, uh, I want to give, I want to give Dave Brown a shout out. Uh, Dave Brown, I believe is a writer for, I think he's a, a, a provident, a writer. Monitor. Conquer, oh, that's it. Monitor, you're right. I yeah, you're yeah. right. So, but he said, if Tyreek Hill is playing this season and Josh Gordon isn't, what are we even doing here? Right? Like, it, it's so totally true. I mean, you're talking about these uh, a guy who has been accused of beating his girlfriend multiple times. One time when he was pregnant. Now he's accused of beating his kid. And this guy is still in the league and hasn't been suspended yet. And Josh Gordon is a guy who just smoked weed. Now, listen. I understand, right? He clearly has some addiction issues. He has some other stuff that he's dealing with. So whether it's alcohol or whether it's drugs or whatever the case may be, I don't know. But we're talking about a guy who's been suspended for an entire year and a guy who it's just it's it's ridiculous. And now you're talking about a guy in Hill who is is, you know, accused of doing all these bad things and it's like you're not going to suspend him. Now maybe they will. I hope they do. But like you know, what is that going to look like? And, and what do we, it's just, it's insane to me. It's absolutely insane to me. And, you know, we could, I could take a podcast and a half talking about the NFL's, you know, policy on like, look at Greg Hardy got suspended four games for what I think he beat his wife and Brady got four games for supposedly (laughs) stupid science rule that he deflated football. Like this is insane. And the fact that this guy, like you said, obviously has addiction issues and came up from a bad past. I think, you know, he was smoking and drinking at like age 12 in a gang. You know, he, he had some tough times in the beginning, and you can't blame him for the person that, you know, he's come out to be. Um, but the Patriots rave about him. They all had his back all year long. They said he's a great teammate and a great guy. And I try, I mean, Brady doesn't throw posts like that out for nothing about Josh Gordon. Like back when he got suspended last year when they said they supported him and everything. So this guy's obviously a great person and the team loves him. I don't understand this whole thing of why he needs to be, has to come back into the league and like plead a case that he should play again just for, just for smoking weed. Like, I just don't understand that. Yeah. That bomb almost just came out of my mouth. That's how mad I am. 
Yeah, I know, right? Um, look, and, you know, for me personally, it's like, it's one of those things. And they, you know, people talk about CBD and, and the, you know, the effects that it has and everything. And, uh, you know, I'm not a smoker myself. And I know people that are, but like, it's not, I think that that's not the issue. A lot of guys use it as pain, you know, as, as uh, pain management. And you're talking about the NFL. And honestly, if it's me personally, and I have a choice between, you know, Oxy, Vicodin, or CBD, it's a no-brainer choice by me. You know, if, if I really need to alleviate my pain, that's what I'm going because I don't want to be taking Oxy. And then the next thing you know, if you have an addictive personality, you're hooked on heroin. Like, what are we doing here? You know, and so I think that that's – the NFL is trending in that direction already. You know, and so it's – you know, look, I just I just think at the end of the day, it's kind of silly that we're still here talking about Josh Gordon as being suspended because – he was smoking weed. Now, again, I understand the policy. I get it. But, like, at a certain point, just let the man play. It's okay. Like, if he has some personal issues he has to figure out, then that's fine. Maybe he's an alcoholic. Maybe he's, a, you know, I don't know. Right? We don't know that. But, like, why all is the NFL is the stepping weed. in? All and, we know is the weed thing. That's right. all we know. So we're going to base it off that. And it's exactly. ridiculous as someone who, you know, like, know a lot of smokers who use it as – you know, a way to come down from games and use it as a kind of a pain medication that kind of just alleviates all your pain and just makes you relax. But like you said, if I had a choice between all those drugs or weed, you're going to obviously turn to the weed. I mean, you don't know the beatings these guys take week after week. And the fact that they have to turn around and go back to practice on Monday, I know it's not contact that much, but still these guys have to play the fastest sport and, and get hit that hard and turn around and play six days later. That's insane. And you're not letting them use these, you know, drugs that are legal. It's legal in the state Josh Gordon plays in. You won't let him use it to, to you know, alleviate his pain. And It's just unbelievable. I, I, I think, like you said, the NFL is trending that way. I bet you see it legalized to maybe an ex- a certain extent. I don't know the whole drug testing thing, but, like, if it's under a certain level, they'll allow it. You know, they don't want them right. doing it excessively. But I think it's trending that way because you're seeing it get legalized and, people using it for for the right reasons right and i think that that's the big issue and and you know what honestly for me at the end of the day when you talk about the brady instagram post what it tells me and the sign it gives me is that gordon um that gordon is doing well and that and too that i think like i said earlier that they know that something's going on where he's coming back because right. like I said, Brady's not going to be throwing to someone that he's not going to throw to in a big game or, or during the season. Like I said, Amendola, Edelman, they've all been there. And right. those were his guys. And Harry was there now this year. So maybe they, you know, the, the process is going on and no one really knows. It's just them. And Gordon feels like he's coming back. I, like I said earlier, I think week five, six, you could see Josh Gordon come back. And it'd be huge for that offense. Huge. Oh, I agree. Kill Harry, Julian Edelman, and Josh Gordon is unbelievable. Right. You don't need no, a tight end. You don't need yeah, a tight I agree hundred percent. And that's well that's look, I mean, tight end is a spot where they can maybe get a few receptions from here and there, depending on who they yeah, have. But absolutely. I think the wide receiving core from where we were last year to where we are this year, and there's a lot of question marks, right? But like you're talking about Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, Nikhil oh. Harry, Julian. Like And even if you get seventy five percent of what Demarius Thomas was, like that's still deadly. Right. He'd be your four option. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, you know, and so it's interesting to see. And, and uh, I think it was, was it Rich Hill? I think Rich Hill posted on Twitter that he thought um, 
Harry would be in the slot, which I thought was an interesting proposition. Put a guy like Harry in the slot, you see usually – yeah. Yeah, you see usually smaller guys covering slot receivers. You can use his size as an advantage. Yeah. And then what are you going to do, put a safety on him? Like you can't put a safety on a wide receiver. He's going to torch him. So um, so I think that that's, that could be something interesting they could do if they had Thomas – uh, you know, and Gordon on the outside. You know, of course, who knows? I what think he's going to be a monster, man, a monster, yeah. Harry. I agree. Uh, I think so. he'll be one of the best players that comes out of that draft. The, the the talent, the the you know, the speed. His hands are incredible. Some of the catches he made in college, like every time I watch his tape, I fall more in love with him. He's going to be such a good player for them for a long time. Yeah, no, it's great, and and uh, yeah, it's funny. I was listening to part of my take after the draft, and they were talking about they were like, you know. They're like, oh, when you're betting, like he's like, you know, those are the late night games. And he's like, oh, Nikhil Harry, I remember that guy. You know, I was betting on some ridiculous Arizona State game, like, you know, 1030 at night start. And I'm like, this guy makes great catches. So it's like, I was like, oh, hey, okay, there you go. So um, it's it's true, though. It's true. It's like Mike is. Trout in, out in L.A. He doesn't get the spotlight because he plays late at night. But he's exactly. a hidden gem. Exactly. So, all right. So I think uh, Patriots-wise – kind of does it this week it's a it's a light week next week we have a really exciting uh, exciting thing next week we're not going to give it away yet but we have a little little draft coming a little another draft coming uh something you guys can vote on and see who has the best one uh i think you're going to enjoy it this one's going to be interesting so uh we have a special guest coming next week so we'll we'll obviously talk about that next week but it should be uh, should be a lot of fun so we're going to get into our three minute drill tonight however and um and uh, yeah, so let's let's just let's start the clock on the three minute drill, and here we go. And now for something a little different. Check, check, check. Three minute drill. Three minute drill. Said. <laughs> All right. So tonight, as we're recording, is the NBA draft. Uh, I am I'm not a huge Celtics fan, but I like the Celtics. I you know pay attention to the Celtics, and you know here I am, you know, looking at the Celtics and seeing what they're gonna do. I've been obsessed with Bull Bull. All night long, he's been he's dropping like a rock, and you know he's a guy who's probably going to be terrible in the NBA. But I just want him on the Celtics so bad, and so we'll see if that ends up happening in the second round. Uh, but they had fourteen; they end up drafting Romeo Langford, who's like a shooting guard. I don't know; he's a guy who can't shoot, basically. Which is like I feel like that's like the fourth time they drafted a shooting guard that can't shoot. Um, so, but you know, but we'll see. They, people like him a little bit. Uh, the next pick at twenty was Grant Williams. Kid from Texas, power forward. He's like six seven, six eight. A uh, lot of I've heard a lot of good things about him. So, you know, Langford people kind of yeah, and Williams people have been uh, have been excited about him. At twenty two, they trade out of twenty two, um, and they get uh, they get Aaron Baines, or they get rid of Aaron Baines in the process, um, which I liked. Um, and so that was something that, that I thought was interesting. Um, they kind of move out of that. Well, they made a trade somewhere in here. I'm not sure where they – oh, maybe it was um, – they trade 22 for 20. They traded – I don't know which one they traded. Oh, maybe they traded 20. I'm sorry. Maybe they traded 20 for 24 and 33 or something like that. I don't know. They traded one of them for to move back and pick up an, another pick or whatever. So, But they traded – I believe it was 24 they traded uh, for – with Aaron Baines. They packaged 24 and Aaron Baines together. It's uh, Phoenix – and got a first round pick next year. Unfortunately, it's not the Suns' first round pick; it's the Bucks' first round pick. So that pick is kind of useless. However, trading Baines gives them more cap space, so they're going to go after someone. I think it's going to be D'Angelo Russell from the Nets. 
The Nets are going after Kyrie and Durant. They're not going to have enough money to sign, uh, you know, Russell, who's going to be a restricted free agent, which is better for the Celtics because a restricted free agent can't choose where they go. Highest bidder gets the guy. So uh, either the Nets can match it or the Nets don't match it and he goes wherever it is. He doesn't get to choose where he goes. So that helps the Celtics because it's always tough to sign free agency, even though obviously they, you know, they've, they've signed a few, but um but, you know, the last pick was Carson Edwards, well, at least the last pick so far is uh, is Carson Edwards' uh, point guard. So we'll see what happens there. But um, overall, an interesting night. I'll tell you what, dude, and Schefter tweeted this out, which I thought was, uh, like, such a perfect example. These stupid trades, man. Like, I don't know. I'm sure you don't watch the NBA draft specs, but, like, the Not these stupid trades, like, they don't allow the trades to go through until after the draft. So a guy gets drafted, like, at 24, the Celtics are still on the clock. Even though they're trading the pick, the guy goes up. Oh, there's the time. I'm going through it anyways. The guy goes up with the Celtics hat. Like, he gets introduced as the Celtics draft pick, puts on the Celtics hat, does the interview with the Celtics hat, but then is never playing for the Celtics. Everyone knows he's not playing for the Celtics, but the trade isn't official until, like, July 6th or something stupid like that. So, like, he isn't officially – traded until july so technically he's still a member of the celtics even though i didn't even know that he isn't it is so incredibly dumb yeah it's nuts dude and it's like a whole it's it's a whole ridiculous thing i mean like the nfl draft does it right the nfl draft does it after the league year started after free agency everything else like that the nba draft does it before free agency starts which is stupid and they do it before the league year starts so it's like you're drafting these guys it results in like things like Kobe Bryant was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. And so, but it was a draft day trade. So like he was traded before they made the pick, they made the trade. So like they made the trade. They're like, okay, we're going to trade number 15 to LA for, I think he was 15, maybe it was 13. Either way, we're we're trading the pick, uh, Kobe's pick to LA for Vladi Divac was the trade. But so Kobe gets drafted by the Hornets, puts the Hornets hat on, takes like a photo shoot with the Hornets hat. And it's like, he was never playing for the Hornets. Never was he ever going to play for the Hornets. It was just – it's so stupid. And, like, uh, Vince Carter, same thing with Vince Carter. It's just, like, it's all these random things where it's, like, you can see these guys on different teams that they never played for because they get drafted by a team, and it's not officially a trade until a few weeks after the draft. It's just – it's so stupid. That's insane. It's That's insane. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a guy on ESPN – who said that we should do? I don't know if you read this or not. They they should do away with the draft and let the players choose where they want to go because it's not fair that they can't choose where they want where they want to go because like they everyone else gets to choose where they work. Like they should be able to choose where they want to work. It's just it's just the most ridiculous argument of all time. Like how can you compare these million dollar athletes to like real people? It's just it's so stupid. It just doesn't it does it it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and you have to keep person it competitive. obviously doesn't know sports. That's so dumb. It's just clickbait. It's all it is. Yeah, it's just ugh, it's stuff like fire. that. That's all. Right. No, I agree 100%. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Because who's going to want to go? Like, wouldn't everyone pick Golden State? Well, sure, I'll go to Golden State. Oh, yeah. well, why not? Of course you would. I want to play with LeBron. You know, like, You're going to go to Lakers, yeah. Right, right. And so it's like, come on. Like, that's so stupid. You have to keep some sort of a competitive balance. But the NBA draft needs to be overhauled, man. It's got to be after free agency. You've got to be able to make – it's just so dumb to send these kids up with, you know, with with hats for a team they're never going to play for. The the team that they that the, the the hat they're wearing didn't even draft them. 
It's like if me and you make a trade and you have my pick, I'm the one drafting, not you. So then why is the guy going to go up and wear your hat? That's stupid. I'm the one that drafted him. You know, so it's just like it's stuff like that. It's just so stupid, you know. But that's the way they're just stuck in the past. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. But anyways, all right. So that's all. That's my rant. Uh, I know I went more than six, more than three minutes, but that's okay. Um, I think that's it. That does it for the. That does it for this week, doesn't it? We got nothing else to add. Yeah, right? that's all. Yeah, that's all. I mean, it was a good show. All right. So there we go. So um, so listen, please follow along on uh, on Twitter. We got some good things going on. You had a little tweet. Uh, get a little get a little noise with your Brady uh, in the twenties, thirties, and forties this week. Blew up, man. Blew I mean, up. I got a good good one coming too um, tomorrow. Uh, so Friday, maybe save it till next week. Who knows? But uh, Brady's game split in half. He's played an even amount of games, so split his games in half, and you'd be shocked to see his numbers uh, oh, later goodness. years. Later years. So first half is greatest, second half. That's unbelievable. He said basically two Hall of Fame careers split in half. He is just, he's just foolish. Just foolish. How how good he's been. So. It's uh, we are we are truly blessed to be living uh, to be living in in Brady's world. So it's been uh, it's been great. So, all right. Anyways, thanks for coming along uh, again this week, people, and uh, and we will talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.